All right, well, this past week, I had to make a ton of decisions. You probably did too. For example, on Monday morning, I got up early to work out, even though I had been up really late on Sunday night playing games, something that I do every Sunday night. And most Monday mornings, I get up early uh, to work out. On Tuesday, the preaching team gathered together and we planned out and decided our next sermon series. Super excited about that. I don't want to spoil it for you, so I'm not going to let you know what it is, but we are excited about it after Easter. And then on Wednesday, my wife and I went up to the Twin Cities. We did a marriage uh, counseling and a date, and we got takeout food and went out to a park. You remember, it was really nice out on Wednesday, and we spent that lunch hour eating a picnic lunch. It was fantastic. The weather was phenomenal. Now, those are some of the small decisions that I made, but there are also the big decisions in life that we make. Like, for example, when Sandy and I decided to adopt, we didn't decide that last week, just for the record. That was a few years ago. And I remember the weekend that we were trying to figure out, should we do this thing? Should we adopt a child? Well, we were praying. We were down in the Twin Cities visiting my brother and sister, and my wife was out for a Saturday morning run. She's praying, God... I don't know, should we do this thing? Should we adopt? She runs around the corner and right in front of her, a big sign that said, you can adopt. Seriously. All right, so I'm a little skeptical. Uh, so I was like, all right, that's, that's interesting. But later on that day, my brother had just installed this 113-inch screen projector thing uh, in his basement and really wanted to show us. And they had this movie that we just had to see. So... We start watching this movie that evening, and it was Despicable Me. How many of you have seen that? All right, well, if you haven't, it's about a mastermind criminal, and he adopts three little girls to accomplish his purposes. Well, I'll tell you what, my wife leaned over, and I was like, yes, I understand. Yes, we need to adopt. Sunday morning, we're singing at church, and there was a song about orphans. I kid you not. And that among many other things, were a part of our decision-making process to say, yes, we're going to adopt. The question I have for you today is, what guides your decisions? What, does, what helps you to make those decisions when you are faced with maybe a big decision, maybe a small decision? What guides you? Is it your community? Is it maybe a specific person in your community that you really trust? Or is it some sort of set of rules or ideas that you've kind of set up for yourself? Or uh, maybe it's your own sort of gut sense of like, yes, this is right. Well, if you follow Jesus, or if you decide to follow Jesus, you have a guide. And your guide is the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning as a child growing up in the 90s, I saw these really famous bracelets that were running around. You remember these? WWJD. What does that stand for? Yes, thank you. What would Jesus do? And everybody was asking the question, what would Jesus do? Well, in our passage today in John chapter 14, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Now, these commands are for our benefit. They're not punitive. They're meant to help us. You can think about a loving parent and how a loving parent puts rules 
and regulations, ideas that help to guide their, parent, their child forward. So, for example, don't run out in the street. We can all agree on that one. Or in our family, we have no hurts. Don't hurt anybody physically. Don't hurt anybody emotionally with their feelings. And don't hurt anybody's property. No hurts. So we have these rules that we make as parents to help our children. God has these commands, these rules for us as well. But the question is, how in the world are we going to remember all of these commands? What's going to help us remember these things? And that is the role of the Holy Spirit. So, how does God guide us? How does God help us in these days? Well, if we continue on in the passage, it says, And I will ask the Father, this is Jesus, and he will give you another advocate to help you be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. So we'll stop right here, and we'll introduce the Christian concept of the Trinity. This is Jesus talking here, and we've been in this series called Life's Big Questions. And today we're addressing how does God guide us, and what about the Holy Spirit? But if you go back, we talked about who is Jesus. We talked about why did Jesus have to die? We talked about is there more to life than this? And in weeks two and three, when we talked about who is Jesus and why did Jesus have to die, we were talking about the fact that Jesus was God. If you missed it, you can go back and watch it. So Jesus says, I'm going to ask the Father, God. This is an intimate term that Jesus is using, that he's been using to talk about God and his relationship with God. And he says, I will send you the Spirit also known as the Holy Spirit. So they're establishing this relationship between these three persons. And in in the Christian world, we believe in this concept called the Trinity, where we have one God in three persons. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they act as one. They don't act separately. They don't act independently. And the best analogy that we have around this idea of three in one is the mind. So if you think about the mind, we have a will, we have our intellect, and we have our emotions. All three of those are distinct, and yet they are happening simultaneously at the same time. And God is three persons acting as one. So we could spend the rest of the day talking about the Trinity, and that's something if you're interested, you can go research it. In fact, it's also interesting that the Trinity is not even mentioned anywhere in Scripture. It's a concept that was, uh, came up with in about 100, 200 AD, somewhere in that vicinity, by Tertullian. You can read about that. Today, we are going to focus in on the Holy Spirit and the things that the Holy Spirit specifically does or acts for us. So let's continue. The world cannot accept him, that being the Holy Spirit, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But... You know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me 
will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So there's two key parts that I want to pick up in this passage. And the first is in this bit, all of that in language. Did you notice that? I will be in you, you will be in me, the Father is in me. There's a lot of in language. And earlier in the text, Jesus was using some of the same language, and he's establishing his relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And he's talking about how they're in this intimate relationship with each other. And they're interconnected, and there's this idea of mutual submission. It's not about the individual, but about the whole. And in this section, Jesus is saying, you and me, that I love you, and I'm inviting you into that same kind of relationship that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have. This intimate relationship. Now, that doesn't mean that we are God. We're not invited into that nature, but we are invited into the relationship, and we are connected to that same power. In fact, earlier in the section, Jesus actually says, you will do greater things than these. And he's talking about all the things that he's done on earth. And they're amazed. They're thinking like, wow. So we are invited into relationship and we are invited into that same power that Jesus has. So upon hearing this, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, says, this sounds great. He's thinking, this is fantastic. So he says to Jesus, but Lord... Why do you intend to show yourself to us, but not to the world? And I'm thinking the same thing. Like, this sounds great. We should show this to the world. Isn't this what we're about? Well, Jesus seems to sidestep the question as he continues. And in verse 23, he says, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. So what's happening here is that Jesus is using temple language. Temple. Do we get that? Wow, that's a little pop. Sorry. In the Old Testament, in Judaism, heaven and earth intersected in the temple. God lived in the temple, was physically present in the temple. That's where they overlapped. In the Gospels, we see that heaven and earth intersect in the person of Jesus. In Acts and beyond, in the book of Acts and beyond, today, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, your body, my body, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So what's happening here is that if you follow Jesus, heaven and earth intersect in you. You have the very presence of God in you if you follow Jesus. Paul also says that the Holy Spirit is a down payment of what is to come. So it's the same idea that we are now bearers of what is to come, things that are made right. And so the answer to Judas's question is actually right there. We are the example. We are showing the world. If you say, I follow Jesus— the way that you live your life is an example that other people are looking at. They're watching you to see God. And God is intersecting earth in you if you follow Jesus. 
So now you can see why Jesus was so concerned about us obeying his commands. Because if we don't obey his commands, then we're not giving a good example. It's also for the benefit of others. When we live out the commands of Jesus, we not only benefit ourselves, we benefit the world, we benefit others around us. So the disciples are thinking, that's great. This is awesome while you're with us. This is great while you're with us, but you're about to leave. He's telling them that he's about to leave. So Jesus says, all this I have spoken to you while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And what I want you to notice here is the second part. So we had the in language and the fact that we're being invited into relationship with God. Now we have the sending language. We're being sent out. John chapter 20 later in the book puts it this way. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So God sends the Son to earth. The Son sends the Spirit and us to go out into the world. This is what's happening with the Trinity. And they, in the Trinity, we have this mutual submission, this relationship, intimate relationship, and we have this mutual mission that's happening at the same time. Mutual relationship, mutual submission, uh, submission, mutual mission. And we today are invited into those. We are invited into relationship with God. God wants to be in relationship, connected to you. God wants to also invite you into that mission, sending us out into mission to bring reconciliation to all things. So the Holy Spirit is a person, not an indistinct power or thing. In the passage, it calls him an advocate or counselor. So it comes alongside of us to teach you and remind you of the things that Jesus commanded us. The Holy Spirit is God, not lesser or different than God, the Father, or the Son. The Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit is in relationship with the Father and the Son and with us. And the Holy Spirit is inviting us to join in that mission to bring reconciliation to the world. So what does that mean for how God guides us? We have all these decisions that we make on a regular basis. In fact, I saw this week that we, some sources say we make somewhere in the neighborhood of 35,000 choices a day. That's a lot. Well, it means that our decisions matter. How we decide to do things matter. The way that we live our lives matters. And with these 35,000 choices that we make a day, the Holy Spirit wants to help guide you in those decisions. So you may be facing some of life's biggest questions. What should I do with my life? That's a big question. Or you might be facing the question, should I stay or should I go? That's a big question. And there's a lot of life's biggest questions out there that the Holy Spirit wants to help you and guide you in. If you're not facing any of those big questions, you're still facing the daily decisions, some of those 35,000 choices that we make a day, and the Holy Spirit wants to guide you in those decisions as well. 
There are, also so, there are all sorts of social implications for the decisions that we make. For example, what should I wear? That can make an impact on people around me. What should I eat? That can make an impact on me and my body and the ways that I can interact with you, whether or not I have the strength to go and meet with you or do something. And there are all sorts of daily decisions that we make like that. So every decision that we make matters. Some have bigger consequences, some have smaller consequences, but the fact is that God wants to be a part of those decisions. God wants to guide you in those decisions. So how does God guide us? Well, God guides us in his word. God has given us the Bible, the 66 books of the Bible, to help us to understand his commands, the things that he wants us to do. And we can study it, we can read it, and we can invite the Holy Spirit to help us to interpret it and to understand it. We have the Holy Spirit who reminds you. I sometimes think about this like our conscience. You know, man, I really feel like I need to do this. That might be the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Or maybe it's, you hear the Holy Spirit, you sort of have that sense of like, I don't know if I should do that. You need to stay away from that. The Holy Spirit is speaking in those promptings. We also have our community around us. People who follow, other people who follow Jesus can help us to determine whether or not those sort of nudges, those ideas, those hunches that we have are in fact God's will or just last night's pizza. Well, Finally, we have this idea of common sense. We don't leave behind our common sense when we follow Jesus. We still have reason and the things that we can think about. And we look for circumstantial signs, things that point to what God is already doing. And I like to think about this way. This way. God doesn't change. God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so God's not going to ask you to go over here and then suddenly ask you to go over here and like flip what he's deciding to tell you to do. God's consistent. If you look back over your life, and the older you get, this is easier, there's an arc to what God is doing. And you can think about, what's the arc of this? How does this make sense in my life? And we can ask our community to help us with that as well. So what does this mean for us? Today, this week, as we go about our decisions, as we try to make good decisions, as we try to invite God, the Holy Spirit, to speak to us this week, what would it look like? Well, I want to encourage you in the morning when you wake up, ask the Holy Spirit to be your guide. Help guide you throughout the day as you make decisions. And then listen. Listen and watch for what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. And then if you want a challenge, every night before you go to bed, reflect. Where did I feel like I was most aligned with God today? Where did I feel like I was least aligned with God? And over time, talk with your community about this, but you will begin to learn about which promptings are the Holy Spirit and which ones are not. But ask the Holy Spirit to guide you because the Holy Spirit wants to guide you. The Holy Spirit wants to help you live your life. You can also ask the Holy Spirit to help you as you're studying scripture. That's one of the biggest sources we have, most clear source that we have around what God is saying. So study your Bible and invite the Holy Spirit to help you to interpret scripture. Well, this past summer, I took my kids fishing a number of times. My kids like fishing. I'm an okay fisherman. I'm not great. So we caught fish when we would go out. 
and we had fun. But one time, we went out with my friend, who is an avid fisherman, and it was phenomenal. We were on a brand new lake. We, my friend estimated that we caught somewhere around 100 crappies that day. We were probably out for about four hours, which means that we were catching fish almost every two to three minutes. It was awesome. He had the right lures. He had the right equipment. He had, he even had a phone app that told us on this lake that we had never been out on where to go to get the fish. And it was so right. And as I thought about that, you know, we can go through life without a guide. I can go fishing. I can go hunting. I can go to a museum and I can do all of those things without a guide. Many of them, you know, you can walk through a museum without a guide. But what happens when you have a guide when you're fishing or when you're hunting or when you are at a museum? Is it not a better experience? We can go through life without the Holy Spirit as our guide. You can do it. You can make it. And you can experience lots of good things. But I want to suggest to you today that the Holy Spirit is a guide that will make your life better. So I want to encourage you this week to invite the Holy Spirit to guide you in those 35,000 decisions that you have a day. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you love us, that you care about us, that you have come down to earth, died on the cross for us. And we want to thank you that you have sent the Holy Spirit to live in us, to guide us in our day. Help us to listen and to hear from you. Amen.